Welcome to the Christ Community Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this week's message, that it draws you closer to Jesus and helps you become more like Him. Good morning, church. Amen. As Brendan said, our scripture reading this morning is coming from the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verses 12 and 13. A man in the word of the Lord reads, Truly I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do, and he will do even greater works than these, because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, I will do it so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Amen. We thank God for the reading and hearing of his word. Thank you. What do you want from God? What? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not being rhetorical. Like, imagine, like, think about what do you want from God more than anything else? Peace, closeness. All right, all right. No one's saying Ferrari yet. <laughs> we live in Denver, let's be real. No one's saying, uh, I don't know. Um, I want a new off-roader. That'd be great. What? Spring. We want spring from God. Oh, glory. Don't we? Right? Fall spring after fall spring coming. This is, this is one of the central questions of, of life. Is what do I want from God anyway? What am I seeking from God? We confessed that we often seek the giver, the gifts more than the giver. Often what we're seeking is from God rather than God himself. I've been reading this great book this week. It's like my fourth or fifth time reading it, but I keep going back to it and listening to it. It's called With. It's by a guy named Sky Jatani. Um, and he, he makes this case in this book that there are like four postures that we have toward God and that um, only one posture is what God actually wants from us. The rest are seeking something from God or trying to have power over God. And so they're living in a way that is contrary to what God actually wants for us, but the, what, the whole point of the book is to argue just that what God wants from us and for us more than anything is just to be with us and for us to be with him. And that all those other things that we put emphases on will happen if we focus on being with God and the desire for God above all things. What God wants for you to want more than anything is just him, his presence. Remember when God created humanity, how he breathed life into them? Right? How did God wake up Adam when he formed him out of the dirt? He breathed into him, breathed the breath of life into this clay body he had made. God wanted to be with us from the very beginning. And wants for us to want nothing more than to be with him. And so we, we, we have to make that clarification before we come to this text. Because there are plenty of Christians around the world who have warped what Jesus says here. And made it this absolute promise that if I just ask and have faith, he will give me whatever I ask for. And they'll say, you'll hear preachers say something like, you know what whatever means in Greek? It means whatever. Right? Whatever. 
But we're going to clarify that a little bit here because Jesus says a lot around this promise to give us whatever we ask in his name. And the things that he says around this promise qualify it. They tell us what it really means to ask for something in Jesus' name. Because if we take whatever to mean Jesus will literally give us absolutely anything we ask from his hand, as long as we tack his name onto it, then we're acting like magicians. We're treating our faith like something magical. Like if I just say the right words in the right order and do these right things with it, then God is obligated to give me whatever I ask for. It's a power over God. But Jesus didn't give us his name so that we would have power over God. Jesus didn't give us his name so that we could invoke it for whatever baubles of the world that we want. Jesus gave us his name so that his purposes could be done in the world, so that his kingdom could come. And that's what he tells us here in John chapter 14. So I asked Nathan only to read two verses, but we're going to cover all of 8 to 21 here. We're going to go all the way through this because what Jesus says in 12 to 13 in that response about whatever you ask in my name is in response to an interesting question. Philip, one of the disciples, uh, has been living with Jesus, walking with him. He's one of the 12, one of the inner circle of Jesus' disciples. He's been living with him for years at this point. We're getting very close to the end. Jesus is going to be crucified in five chapters, which honestly, I mean, in life is like another three days, you know, like Jesus is going to be crucified very, very soon. So Philip has been living and walking with Jesus now for like three years. And Jesus tells Philip, tells his disciples, I am the way, the truth and life. He says, I got to go away and you're not going to know where I go. And so one of them says, well, how do, how do we know? How do we follow you? And Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I, you follow me to where I'm going. No one comes to the Father except through me. And then Philip responds with, well, Jesus, show us the Father. Simple question, right? It's what Moses asked years and years, centuries earlier, millennia earlier. It's what Moses asked of God. Let me see you, God. And God said, I'm sorry, you can't see me and live. But I tell you what, if you hide in this one little place, I'll pass by and I'll let you know when I'm gone so you can see my backside. Because that's all you can really handle, Moses. So Philip is asking the same question Moses asked millennia before. When Philip says, Jesus, we know you're, I mean, the, the subtext is, we know you're from God. Now show us the Father. And this is where Jesus does his KG Jesus thing. And he says to Philip, wait, wait a minute, haven't you been walking with me? How, how do you not understand yet that I and the Father are one? If you see me, you've seen the Father. Amen. Now that is, that is radical. That is a radical statement. If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. If Jesus said that with a bunch of Pharisees around, he'd be dead in five minutes. Right? Those stones would have flown in a heartbeat. That is blasphemy of the highest order if it is not true. And so let us make no bones about Jesus being a nice and good and wise teacher because he just said something that is absolutely crazy and stupid in his time and place if it isn't true. But if it is true, 
then we had better pay close attention. Right? If it is true, then it reorders and changes everything about how we relate to Jesus. And so this is the first point. If we're going to ask something in Jesus' name, we have to recognize we're not just asking in Jesus' name, the name of the rabbi who lived 2,000 years ago. We're asking in the name of his father as well because Jesus and the father are one. When we ask something in Jesus' name, we are asking in the name of God according to the character and purposes and will of God the Father. Jesus' name can't just be some magical add-on that we add to our prayers to make sure that they get answered. Because when we invoke Jesus' name, we're invoking the very name of God himself. When we ask in Jesus' name, we ask in the name of the Father. And to ask something in someone's name is to ask in accordance with their character and their will. If you ask for something in someone's name that is out of touch with their character, that is out of touch with their will, you're insulting them. If I were a representative of a foreign government, right? if I were an ambassador of a foreign government, or let's say I'm, an, I'm a U.S. ambassador, right? And I'm living in Saudi Arabia, and my job is to represent the president and the country of the United States. That's, that's my whole job as an ambassador. I am there to speak on behalf of my nation to this foreign nation. And I start going to the Saudi princes and asking for personal stuff for myself. I'm dishonoring my nation. I'm dishonoring the people who commissioned me. I'm asking out of character, out of, out of, out of step with my role and with the character of the people who sent me there. My job as an ambassador is not to speak on behalf of myself and start asking these Saudi princes for all kinds of stuff they can give me because they got you know, oodles and oodles and oodles of money. My job is to represent my nation and my people and to speak on behalf of my president and my Congress and the will of the people who sent me. That's, that's my whole job. As followers of Jesus, we come using Jesus' name not to seek self-aggrandizement, not to seek a bigger name for ourselves, not to seek all kinds of whatever we can get from the world. We come to our King Jesus seeking his will and his purposes and his kingdom. When we ask in Jesus' name, we are asking according to the will of the Father. We are asking as ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven. That's what it means to ask in Jesus' name. And if we take that seriously, there's no way we can add in Jesus' name as just a tag-on on the end of our prayers. All of a sudden now, there's meaning in it. There is a depth of meaning there that we can't betray if we know that when we come and ask in Jesus' name, we are asking according to the character and will of our God in heaven. And the last thing I want to do is dishonor my father and dishonor the king of heaven. And so first, when we ask in Jesus' name, we're asking in the name of the Father. But not just that. When we ask in Jesus' name, we're asking according to his commands as well. Read the verse right after this. So we read, if you ask me anything in my name, I will do it, says Jesus. Jesus is the one responding to prayer here. And then immediately, the next thing, he says, if you love me, you will keep my commands. Jesus says, if you ask anything in my name, I'll give it. By the way, if you love me, you'll keep my commands. You'll do what I've told you to. 
You'll live the way that I've laid out for you. You'll follow the way of life that I've given you, if you love me. We express our love by obedience to our king, our rabbi, our big brother, Jesus. To our God in the flesh. We, we express our love to him by keeping his commands. And if we are living lives in line with the commands of Jesus, we won't ask for stuff outside of his will. Or when we do, we will recognize his wisdom in saying no to us, just as Jesus did in the Garden of Gethsemane. I think there's only one time in Jesus' life you can point to and say Jesus was asking for something outside of God's will. The night before Jesus was betrayed, he's in the Garden of Gethsemane praying with his disciples who are, who are sleeping. Let's be real, they're not praying with him, they're sleeping. And Jesus is in turmoil, sweating drops of blood because he's stressing so much. And he goes before his father and says, Father, if there's any way in heaven and earth, would you let this cup pass from me? Nevertheless, your will be done. This is the prayer of a man who submits to his father in heaven, who hears from his God and obeys him. And even when what he is asking is outside of God's will, he submits to God's will. When we ask in Jesus' name, we ask in the very same way. When we ask in Jesus' name, we ask as people who are longing to follow Jesus' commands, who are longing to obey Jesus. And so we come and we say, Lord Jesus, here's what I want. Here's what I'm asking for. Nevertheless, your will be done because you are my master. You are my king. When we ask in Jesus' name, we ask according to his character and his commands. Not just that, though. When we ask in Jesus' name, we ask according to the Holy Spirit. God's Spirit living inside of his people. Jesus goes on. After he says, if you love me, you will keep my commands, he says, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. He is the Spirit of truth. Now, why does he say there he's the Spirit of truth? He doesn't just say he's the Holy Spirit. He doesn't just say he's the Spirit of God. He doesn't just end at spirit. He adds that qualifier of truth. That's a really important qualifier in this context as we're talking about prayer. And we're talking about seeking God and asking for things from God's hands. The spirit of truth leads us into relationship with God. And if we are filled with the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth, then what we ask is in line with the truth. We long to ask for God to do the things. We long to seek God's hand and ask God for things that are in line with his truth. Led and empowered by his Holy Spirit living within us, who leads us into all truth. Later in this very chapter, Jesus will say, the spirit of truth is coming to you. When we ask in Jesus' name, we are asking in line with the spirit of truth, according to the spirit of truth. We desire not to ask for anything that is outside of God's truth, as revealed in his word and as shown to us by his Holy Spirit. We ask for what is in line with truth. We don't ask for things outside of God's truth. 
which means we have to know his word. We have to have God's spirit living within us and we have to have his word living within us. We have to know the truth, to live by the truth, to ask according to the truth. The truth must be living and active within us for us to ask according to it. When we ask in Jesus' name, we ask according to God's truth, which means we don't ask for God to do things to people that are outside of his truth. We don't ask God to create a life for us that would not be conducive to our living in his truth. And for some of us, that will mean forsaking wealth or forsaking some of those opportunities that come our way or forsaking some of those relationships that come our way because they're outside of God's truth or because living in them would lead us outside of God's truth. Because Lord knows if I get that thing, I'm going to put my hope and my faith and my trust in that thing and not in the God who gave it. And my wise father says, no, that is not in line with my truth. It is not in line with the way that I've made you. It will not lead you into greater relationship with me or to greater fruitfulness for my kingdom. And so, no. So we ask in the Father's name when we ask in Jesus' name. We ask according to Jesus' commands. We ask in line with the spirit of truth and according to the spirit of truth that Jesus has given us. And finally, to ask in Jesus' name is to ask on the basis of a relationship with him. This, this is the hard center of our petition to God, of our asking God for anything. He says in verse 18, I will not leave you as orphans. I am coming to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me because I live. You will live too. On that day, you will know that I am in my Father, you are in me, and I am in you. The one who has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. And the one who loves me will be loved by my Father. I also will love him and reveal myself to him. This is one of the highest statements of unity between us and God that exists in the Scripture. Where Jesus says, I'm in the Father, and I'm in you, and you're in me, and the Father's in us, and the Holy Spirit's holding it all together and tying us all together. We are one together. When you come in prayer to your God and you begin to ask God for things, we ask on the basis of the relationship that we have with the Father and with Jesus through the uniting power of his Holy Spirit. If we ask anything of our God, it is on the basis of that relationship. And here's the hard thing. Here's the thing that some people are going to be mad about. If we don't have a relationship with Jesus, we have no right to expect anything in response to our prayer. If we are not asking out of the depth of our relationship with Jesus, we have no right to be upset when God doesn't give it, even if it's a good thing. Now, God in his mercy, God in his grace answers prayers from non-believers. God in his mercy and grace absolutely answers prayers when people come to him and don't know Jesus. But we have no right to expect that apart from a relationship with Jesus. 
That is a function of God's mercy. It is a function of God's grace. But when we come and we ask in Jesus' name, we are using the name of someone who we know, someone we are connected to, someone we are deeply tied to, someone who we've given our allegiance to. When we come and we ask in Jesus' name, we are asking on the foundation of the relationship that we have with him that he initiated with us. And so we ask on the basis of a relationship with Jesus. That's what it means to ask in Jesus' name. To say, Father in heaven, King of the universe, I know your son. He has saved me from my sin. He has filled me with your Holy Spirit. And on the basis of that relationship, Father, I lay these requests before you. And in all things, not my will, but yours be done. That's what it means to ask in Jesus' name. To come before our Father in heaven and say, Father, I have no right to stand before you except that given to me by your Son, my King, my Savior, my Rabbi, my brother, who has saved me and adopted me into your family, made me a citizen of your kingdom. And Father, I come on the merits of Jesus Christ and not my own, and I lay my requests before you you. Would you in your grace grant them? And should you in your wisdom choose not to, Lord, your will be done. That's the prayer in Jesus' name. Whatever we pray, whatever our requests, knowing that our Father in heaven and the Spirit of truth have all things in hand, And in God's wisdom, he will do what is best for us and for our world when we lay our requests before him. But it begins by recognizing that my standing before God is founded solely upon what Jesus has done for me in his life and his death and his resurrection and his ongoing reign as our king. And so today... There may be people in my hearing, there may be people here or who are online who have been requesting of God not on the basis of a relationship with Jesus and they're disappointed. And they're wondering, where is God? And they're wondering, God, why haven't you responded? Why haven't you given me this thing? It is good, it is right. But you haven't been asking on the basis of a relationship with Jesus. And that's where we begin. And so I invite us all, whether you've been a follower of Jesus your whole life, whether you've never committed your life to him, whether you've never laid down your sin before him and asked for forgiveness, whether you've never received the power of his Holy Spirit living in you, no matter where you are on this Christian walk, I invite every single one of us this morning to come before the throne of God and pray that first prayer of petition, that first prayer that we all have to pray that says, my Lord Jesus, would you forgive me my sin? Make me a citizen of your kingdom. Would you wash my heart clean? Take this heart of stone and give me a heart of flesh. And Father in heaven, would you give me the Holy Spirit to live inside of me and to make me more like Jesus each day? 
I invite you now to take a moment. And if you're so inclined, if, if you feel the Holy Spirit moving, if you feel pulled toward Jesus, to take a moment of silence on your own and pray that prayer of repentance. Jesus, forgive me my sin. Holy Spirit, come live inside me. Father in heaven, would you revive within us our hearts? Holy Spirit, would you come and set a fire within us, a deep burning desire for the glory of Jesus? Would you renovate our lives so that when we come and we pray in Jesus' name, we pray it as people who honor our Father in heaven, who long to obey the commands of our King Jesus, who are motivated by the spirit of truth, and who come before you on the basis of a relationship with Jesus Christ, with no other merits of our own. Father, work within us a deep, deep love for our King Jesus, a deep hatred of our own sin, God, in the joy of knowing that we have forever been saved from that sin and its consequences by the work of Jesus Christ and by the ongoing work of your Holy Spirit in our lives. Father, renew us. And God, I pray that as our hearts are renewed and we come asking in Jesus' name that you would respond to us and that we would see the power of your Holy Spirit anew in the life of this church, in this community, that we would see, Jesus, your kingdom come as this embassy of heaven seeks to glorify our Father above all else. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I pray. Amen. Thanks for tuning into the podcast this week. For more information on Christ Community Church in Southeast Denver, visit ChristCommunityDenver.org.